Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Ordinary work. What are you? Are you trying to put God off into a corner now? That he's lost some of his power? That he's lost some of his glory? That he's lost some of his, uh, uh, of his plan to do even more miraculous things in today's world? Oh, my goodness. Come on. Oh, yeah. In my, when, when I got baptized, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, come on, you've been there. Or you've heard this, oh yeah, back in the day of grandma and grandpa, man, they had a move of God. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you with me? Come on, you might as well. Why? Why, why God? Why build that memorial? Verse number 24 of the fourth chapter. Listen carefully, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. It's not to to showcase your own personal testimony. It's to show people that the hand of God moved in my life and He made me what I am today minus my bad mistakes. Fortunately for me, or unfortunately for me, I don't have a mom and dad that whispered in my ear, Son, you should have been around when God moved during my generation. I don't know. All I know is what He has done in my generation. The world cannot deny that day. But it's just as important this morning that you and I are reminded of not only what God has done in the past and even in our past, but what He was doing, the most important thing is what He is doing in my life right now. In fact, Paul writes these words to the church. Corinthians 3.2 He said, You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not in table of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Paul said, you need to get a hold of this. That if you are alive today, and if you have been born again today, 
And if you are living for God today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today, he said, you are a part of the church of the living God and you are being written about. There are people watching you. He said, you are being read of all men. Every time I go to the job, People are reading that chapter of that day of my life, not according to the world's values, but according to what I testify to. Does it work or doesn't it work is what they are asking. Is your God as powerful as the book that you teach me? And if so then He should be operating in your life. I hope you're with me this morning. Now I'm not much interested in people standing around my headstone remembering my past. I could care less. And trust me, you could care less too when that day arrives. What does that stone mean? Great-grandson? Well, all I can tell you is what they say about your old granddaddy. Huh. I don't, I'm not interested in what people, when they stand around my grave and look at my headstone and read the pretty little writing that you're, family wrote on there, oh, he was a good guy or whatever. I don't much care about that. What I want this generation to be talking about is what God is doing in my life today. I want to be a living memorial. I don't want to be dead. I want to be a memorial that is still having an impact upon my children and my grandchildren and upon you and upon the world that I live in. I guess maybe I'm getting a little bit overboard this morning. Let me bring a couple of things to you. Matthew 26, 13. Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. Most of the gospel writers say it was Mary. There's a little bit of discrepancy there. But most say it was Mary. You know, the one that knelt at the feet of the master and hung her sign and said, do not disturb. What did she do so important that the Lord would take notice? She broke her alabaster box in the house of Simon the leper and poured it on the head of the Lord. We know the story. You're Certainly, if you've read the Bible, you know that story. It, a alabaster box filled with the most precious perfume, ointment, saved for probably years on time, maybe handed down from her grandma or whoever. We don't know really. What we do know is that Mary entered into that house that day 
And her mind was made up. It didn't matter what anybody else was going to do in that house that day. She had brought her precious alabaster box and she was going to worship the Lord her God Almighty for what He had done for her life. She was not there to make friends. She was not there to make enemies. She was not there to be noticed. She was there to worship her God and the only way that she knew how to do it was she was going to break that box and open it up. Bible says she broke it. She anointed the head of the Lord. One other area it says that she even she wiped her feet, her the Lord's feet with her tears. She was not concerned with anything that day except she had the distinct privilege of entering into the house where the master was. And she just wanted to be in his presence. And she wanted him to know that she loved him with everything that was within her. She broke it open. Once she broke that open, everyone in the house knew Mary had been there. It filled the house. Filled the house with the fragrance of her worship, with the fragrance of her sacrifice, with the fragrance of her brokenness, with the fragrance of her relationship with God. You want to leave a living memorial for your children and this generation to take note of? There is a place that you can do it, friend. And it is when you come to the house of God. Jesus said it's called the house of prayer. It's called the house of worship. There is a lasting memorial that is alive and well. It is the worship that ascends up into heaven's glory by the church that says, Lord, I am not here to be noticed this morning. I am here to worship You. And I'm going to do so with every living shell that is within me. When those people left the house that day, you know what the talk was. Did you feel what I felt when that lady came down and began to worship God? Your worship is a living memorial to your children. Your worship, the way that you worship. Paul said, by the way that some people call heresy, 
He says, so I worship the God of my fathers. It doesn't matter it, when you come into the presence of God that you, you want to leave a memorial that is going to touch this generation. It is how they, they see you respond when you worship your Savior, the one that gave His life on Calvary's cross. Break the box. Step outside the box. Leave behind the sweet aroma of worship. Is it important? Well, Luke records in chapter 19 that as Jesus was making His way into Jerusalem, and literally by the hundreds of thousands, they were lying the road. Okay, just to let you know. It wasn't just a couple of hundred people. They say that during those times of feasts in Jerusalem, that there could have been, Josephus writes, there could have been up to two million plus people. And they knew some of those folks at least, they had been touched by literally, we know, by the thousands. They lined up and Lazarus had been raised from the dead for pity's sakes. He was probably lining and leading the way of the worshipers. We don't know. Mary, his sister, was probably there. We don't know. Martha was maybe there. But the Bible says that when he took that ride into Jerusalem by the hundreds of thousands, they began to cry out, the Bible says, they begin to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And some along the way said, hey, you need to put the lid down. <laughs> you know, people are getting a little bit out of hand here. They're making a little bit too much noise. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you never been to a concert or seen a concert before? I'm sorry. Have you never been to a road race and and watch the cars go around until you get dizzy? Have you never been to a sports event where people get a little bit crazy? Are you kidding me? Jesus said, if they refuse to worship me, these rocks are going to rise up and they're going to take your place. Did I get that right? Well, that's a little bit selfish, don't you think? Yeah. You know why? Because He loves your worship. And number two, He thinks. He must think He's God. Because He thinks He's worthy. He thinks He's God. I don't know about you. There ain't a rock big enough to take my place. Rock of Gibraltar stands very high and very, uh, you know, uh, giant looking. 
but it cannot worship God like I can worship God. It cannot. It doesn't have a voice. And so I want you to know that I will worship Him because of what He has done for me, but also what He is doing right now, today, Memorial Day 2022, because He's worthy of my worship right now. Mary, you got you, you know, hey, hey, Mary, you, you got a little, little carried away today. I mean, whoa, you poured that ointment on his head. Why, that's not really the proper thing to do. And you're down there crying and washing his feet with your tears. Well, we can see the whole story, and I can give you a little GK commentary here this morning. She probably thought, well, you know what? They need to be washed because there's some folks later on that are going to put nails in them things. And you know what? I need to pour the ointment on his head because he will know that I love him because they're going to be putting a crown of thorns in just a few days. So you're asking me to restrain myself? Worship. Ain't no rock going to take my place. Ain't no piece of sand. Ain't no river rock. Acts 10 and 4. From the Amplified Version, it says, Cornelius, your prayers and gifts of charity have come up for a memorial before God. Whoa. Did I read it right? Did I read it right? Wow. Who's, who paid him a visit? Who, who was speaking to Well, I think it. Yeah, God, uh, God said, hey, yo, angel, I want you to come down because I'm telling you, this Cornelius guy, he's just built different. <laughs> but Lord, he, you know, he's Gentile. You know, we, we, Peter hadn't had the guts to go down to the Gentiles' door yet, all right? And uh, we're on hold here because Peter happened to have the key. I said, hey, I said, go down to Cornelius' house and give him a message, and I'll be working on the other end. I'll be getting a hold of Peter, Okay. Your prayers and your alms, your charity giving has somehow a living memorial. The Bible says it has become a memorial. It has found its way 
to the very throne of God. You want to leave a li- you want to live a living memorial? You want you are a living you know how that you can enhance your memorial on earth? How many of you want people to remember you alive versus dead? They only send you flowers when you're dead, okay? I could, I don't, <laughs> I got plenty of flowers at home, okay, in my garden. I don't need no flowers. But I do declare to you that I don't want my kids and I don't want my grandchildren talking about how the God worked on crazy grandpa a few years ago and brought him out of drugs and alcohol. No, I want them to be talking about how their crazy granddaddy still is preaching this gospel that he says saved him a few years ago. I want them to know that I still love the way that I ought to love and I give the way that I ought to give. I don't want them to inherit that from me. The angel says, says, Cornelius, you're not going to believe this, but I had no choice. I told God you weren't proper, okay? That, you know, Peter ain't supposed to come to your house. I told him, but God said, come anyway. You know why? Because you know the story, how that Peter finally went. Listen, you know what your prayers and your sacrificial giving will do as a living memorial in this life? Watch this. It will open doors to salvation for people you don't even know. It will open doors for this gospel to reach globally, internationally, by your praying, praying, and by your giving. Your giving provides the vehicle for Brother Jason and Sister Corey to go. Your alms, they said, your charity giving. There's a reason why we don't just, we're not just given to people, we're given to the gospel. This thing is alive. We are building a memorial. We are offerings and we are praying. And God says, He says, okay, I think they're serious. It opens the doors. It'll open the door. Peter gets it. Listen, your prayers will open. It will, it will open the door for God to give visions to the church. Do I have to read the whole story? You understand? Cornelius, you're not going to believe it. But God is giving Peter one of the most powerful visions ever recorded in the Word of God. Do you not think that your prayers have the same potential 
the same. They, they, they can impact the world. They can move. Listen, you offer a prayer for Brother Bruce Howell. You offer a prayer for the missionary to Brazil. You offer the prayer to whomsoever and watch and just witness and see if God will not move. Hello? Cornelius, your prayers and your all. Yeah, listen. Your children hear you pray? I mean, do they hear you pray? Have they ever caught wind of your voice at an old altar somewhere along the line? And yet you are praying for their soul. Prayer opens up salvation for a new generation. Your giving opens the door to, for this gospel to travel globally, going into all nations, all nations. The prayer you pray today has a potential to reach the very throne of God. While your prayer ascends, there is a potential for angels to descend, giving visions to the church, giving direction to the church. Our giving moves the gospel. Prayer and sacrificial giving opens the potential for the Holy Ghost to fall on the hungry as soon as the messenger steps through the door. Did that not happen? May I ask what the foundation of that particular chapter, that particular move, that expansion of the church, how did it happen? It happened because there was a man named Cornelius that prayed and dedicated his life before he even witnessed New Testament salvation. Aaron was told to engrave the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he entered the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Can I ask you this morning, whose names are engraved over your heart today? Who? Whose names are engraved over your heart? When you enter that holy place, do you have, do you have engraved inside of you that you, you have a burden for somebody that needs God? He says, for a memorial before the Lord continually. How many times do I need to pray for that soul, Lord? Don't know. But don't you think that the Lord is more interested in saving that soul than you are? Huh. I believe He is. As you stand with us this morning, Esther... Who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this?
Esther is enjoying life. She has made queen for the day. Used to be an old show on way back in the, probably, I don't know, early 60s. Queen for a day. Who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Well, everything's good here. I'm living in the palace and everything's cool. I was chosen out of a multitude of beautiful people. And God chose me and put me here. That's not fair. Ever, ever said, that's not fair, God. You ever been there? Oh, come on. Somebody is blessed of God and he just nobody, just a nobody. And all of a sudden, they become a somebody, you know, kind of like the lady that touched the hem of his garment. That's how she became a somebody. Somebody touched me, Jesus said. Esther, who knows? Mordecai comes knocking on her door. Hey, I know you've been holed up in the palace and you probably haven't heard the news, but the news is that the king has signed a decree that your people, Esther, and my people, we are in dire straits. And who knows whether you are the key. Oh, come on. I'm, I, see, I believe this stuff, okay? I'm just saying I believe this stuff. But you know why? Because, Brother Clemson, can I ask you a question? When we were washing cars, did you ever think for a moment that I would be right here on this platform? Ever in your entire life? Did you ever think that God would call me to preach? Come on, answer truthfully. No! I said, I believe this stuff. Who knows? Who knows whether God hath called you for such a time as this? How? Who who are you to try to put God in some kind of a, a jack-in-the-box? Y'all don't know what those are probably, right? We get, turn, turn, turn. Right? Who are you to restrict God? Esther! Because if you don't do what God has called you to do and positioned you to have an impact on your world, He will call somebody and deliverance will come from another source. GK, if you don't have enough whatever faith to believe that God has called you to preach, fine, son. But if you don't do it, I guarantee you there will be somebody else that will take your place and they will preach my word with every fiber that is within them.
and the way that book ends, the way that story ends. Listen carefully. Chapter 9, 28, that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial. Forever. Calling your attention, O church of the last day, calling to your attention how that one, 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 one lady that was an orphan, that was an orphan, but somebody from an older generation reached out and raised that young lady up until she was well founded in her faith in God. And then God took control. Don't put limitations on your children. Don't, don't try to put a limit on their spiritual walk with God. Don't. I know. Do this in remembrance. This is a memorial church for you to remember the impact of one orphan girl. One orphan girl. What she could do for her nation that was on the brink of collapse. You know what she did? She got close enough to God to where she said, If I perish, I perish. But one thing for sure, I'm going to go into that throne room and if He offers me the golden scepter to touch, then I shall live. But if He doesn't, I shall perish. But I will perish in reaching and trying to save this world that is destined to go to hell. Oh, I said that four-letter word, didn't I? Living memorial. Living memorial. You're not dead. You're not dead. You're alive. You're alive. As they play, we're going to call you to the altar here this morning. No pressure. But I want you have a need, if you have a need, if you need a miracle of some kind, we're going to believe that God will minister to that need this morning. We're going to call on His name. But if you are here this morning, you feel like that you, yeah, you have been nudged by the Holy Ghost, saying, hey, there's more in you. There's more in you. There's more worship in you. There's more prayer in you. There's more giving. And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about giving. If you're here this morning, you feel the Holy Ghost nudging you a little bit. Oh my goodness. Memorial Day 2022. I wonder what could possibly happen in your life today. Would you come? Would you come? Nothing else we can spend 
five minutes or so around here at the altar. We can 